0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And we're getting all kinds of wisdom today from my buddy Mike Florio of ProFootballTalk.com. Look, it's gotten to the point now where the Deshaun Watson situation, we need to discuss it. We need to understand what's going on from the Texans standpoint, from the NFL standpoint, and there is nobody better and nobody's been on top of it more than Mike Florio because it affects a lot of teams in the NFL because there's still a bunch of fan bases out there that think their team can and still should get Deshaun Watson. We'll get to Mike in one minute. I should mention we'll have three more winners tomorrow already. Can you believe it? Already it'll be Greg Cosell On a Thursday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, we'll have a spread the word winner via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Just engage. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Take advantage of some of those glorious sponsors on the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com. Send it to me. Send me the email and you might be the winner. And then the YouTube shout out, which we love, Just sign up for the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Make a comment, and you could get a cameo-style shout-out from your boy. Speaking of your boy, it's Mike Florio time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So I don't know how many years it was, Mike, that you and I were on TV together. It must have been three, four, I don't know if it was five years we get, it felt like we would get in debates, you know, two or three nights a week. I got to be honest with you, Mike, on some level, I missed that. I think it was the better part
2: of a decade. I think that's the best <laughs> part
0: That is awesome. That's a little bit of an inside joke there. For people that don't know, our co host, Eric Casilius, would always introduce me as Ross Tucker, played the better part of a decade in the end of because it sounded better than seven years. <laughs> Where are you? Where, where? I'm so used to your PFT live set. Where are you right now? Where are you in the wine cellar? I'm,
2: I'm in the wine cellar of my house. And the main reason I do it is number one. Well, two main reasons. Number one, it's right next to a Wi-Fi access point. So the chances of a problem are are very, very small, which means I've just jinxed it. And secondly, my wife uses this spot when she does Zoom meetings. And all I have to do is drop my laptop and pop it open and it's ready to go.
0: Nice. I like it. Well, it's a good change up. I've been to the, uh, the famous barn when I invited myself to your barn, when I was doing that Marshall game, who was that? Oh, Marshall Cincinnati and Cincinnati destroyed Marshall. I remember that game and we watched Thursday night football at your place, but I did not see the wine cellar. It is awesome. Um, speaking of awesome, hopefully you guys follow Mike on Twitter at pro football talk. I follow him. He doesn't follow me. It's a long story. He says, because he doesn't find value in it, I think he doesn't like when I come at him for some of his stories and call him out. He doesn't want to go back and forth. That's my guess. I have no comment. (laughs) All right. You got a lot of comments, though, Mike, as it relates to Deshaun Watson. You know, this is a weird deal, Mike, because when it was just one, it didn't seem like the court of public opinion – took it that seriously. It didn't seem like it got the amount of attention or traction that you would think when you're talking about a player like Deshaun Watson. Now that the volume of cases has gotten to where it is, it feels like it's changed. And now if it wasn't really a quote unquote thing before Mike, and I know it always was, People get really sensitive. I'm just talking about in terms of people talking about it. It is very much a thing now.
2: I don't know what the magic number is between 1 and 14 that makes it into something that cannot be ignored and cannot be easily explained and possibly cannot be fully and completely defended in a way that has Deshaun Watson blameless in every case. But we're past that point, whatever it is. At 14, that's where... We definitely have to take it seriously. That's where the league has to take it seriously. The Texans are taking it seriously. The legal system will take each one of these cases seriously. Prosecutors are going to be asked to consider potential charges. although I doubt that that happens because it's very difficult to satisfy the very high bar of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. But yes, it is a problem now for Watson. It's a problem for the NFL. It's a problem for the Texans. And I don't see it going away anytime quickly because... There are 14 women making these claims and apparently
0: 10 or more still to come. So there's a lot there, right? So let's get to the the police part of it because that's one thing that you hear and I see people reply to your tweets and stuff saying, well, if he actually did something wrong, he'd be getting arrested.
2: Yeah, that's not how it works. You don't have to go to... The police department, if you have something happen to you that you don't like, justice comes in multiple different potential forms. And one thing you can do is exercise your right of access to the civil justice system. And in the civil justice system, there are two primary ways that the courts work. One, they tell someone to do something or not to do something. For example, if your neighbor's building a fence that's on the wrong side of the property line. A court could tell that neighbor to tear the fence down. That's an example of what they call an equitable remedy. The legal remedy, though, and that's far more common in civil cases, is for one side to pay the other side money if proof is properly tendered of wrongdoing of some type. There's accidental wrongdoing, there's deliberate wrongdoing. And these are what we would call in the law tort claims it's assault, it's an allegation that Deshaun Watson deliberately and intentionally did something that was offensive by way of touching another person, 14 different cases. The fact that there hasn't been any criminal complaint does not undermine the rights of the individuals in civil court. And one of the things that Tony Busby, the lawyer representing all of these massage therapists wants to do is send a package of information to the Harris County District Attorney and spark a prosecution, get a grand jury going. Again, I think it's gonna be very difficult to get a prosecution unless you've got evidence beyond the versions of Watson and the women who are making these claims. But that act, that effort to pressure the prosecutor to do something helps answer that question that is common. And I'm not saying it's an inappropriate question because a lot of people just don't understand. They assume if someone commits this kind of misconduct, they get arrested, they get prosecuted, they go to jail. You don't have to go to court. You don't, or excuse me, you don't have to go to the police in order to have rights that you can take to court.
0: You know, there's so many different interesting things about this, Mike, that jump out to me. And I never like talking about these topics. I don't think anybody does, but that's why I bring you on, because you're the best there is when it comes to it. You know, one thing that really jumps out to me, Mike, I don't know anybody, especially professional athletes, that go to that many different people for massages. I mean, people are usually very particular, this is my chiropractor. This is my massage therapist. I mean, as more and more cases, you said maybe 10 more. I don't know anybody that goes to more than 10 people for massage in the same city, uh, unless they all work at the same place, and maybe he just schedules the time he wants, and there's, it's a gigantic place. I don't know, but that that just seems off to me, Mike. Well, and there was an attempt
2: over the weekend, and I don't know how much of this was a concerted effort by Watson's camp to leak information to TMZ, to maybe get TMZ on his side. But the explanation was, and I don't think it went over very well in the court of public opinion, that Watson didn't have access to his normal massage therapist early in the pandemic, so he started going elsewhere for these services. Well, during a pandemic, that would make it even more difficult to line up all of these individuals and make it even harder to understand why his one person he goes to all the time, who presumably would make good money providing services only to him in a pandemic, why that wouldn't happen. So I was confused by the report. I think a lot of people were confused by it. And you're right. Common sense suggests that just like a haircut, that's what I can relate it to. I've had two massages in my my, my life. My neck tightened up in 2007 to the point where it was unbearable and I had to have a couple of massages to loosen up the muscles. I can't imagine going to a bunch of different massage therapists, just like I can't imagine getting my hair cut a bunch of different places. You find one person you like and you stick with it. That seems to be the common sense approach.
0: So some of these questions, Mike, are really just what I've seen people suggest, not necessarily coming from me, but I got to get your thoughts on it. There are people that no matter how many cases there are, believe that this is somehow just a money shakedown, a money grab. Your thoughts? I think it becomes very,
2: very difficult to show that every one of these people are making a money grab, that they're fine with what happened until they find out, oh, wait, people are suing Deshaun Watson for that stuff that happened during the massage, even though I was fine with it? I want mine too. And one becomes two, becomes eight, becomes 10, becomes 14, becomes 24. I think that becomes difficult to sell. That many people who otherwise were perfectly fine with whatever it is that happened, uh, assuming that there were things that happened that you know, were consensual, but you could say after the fact you didn't consent to. Now, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is nothing inappropriate happened and 14 people are making it up, up to 24 are making it up, that's even harder to sell. That it's a grand conspiracy of people making false claims against a guy who otherwise never did anything wrong as far as anyone is concerned. He's one of the least likely guys in the NFL to have these kinds of claims brought against him. So either one is a tough sell, especially the idea that it's all false. But the idea that they all were fine with it and they've pivoted to a money grab it's going to be hard to prove, and he's going to have to prove it one person at a time up to 24 different
0: times. What is the standard, Mike? I mean, obviously, if he touched them inappropriately, I understand that. But the stuff I had read was like he asked if they would massage his glute or something. What, what, what constitutes an actionable offense? Not well, to get too graphic here, but I'm just curious. Right,
2: no, and, and there's a way to do it without being graphic. Uh, an assault can be as simple as walking up to someone and putting your hand in their face. It's an offensive contact with another person that the other person did not consent to, did not want, and they are offended by it. It's one of the first things you learn in law school when we talk about intentional misconduct, assault and battery. You walk up to somebody and you touch them. We all have the right to not be touched by other people in a way that we don't wanna be touched by other people. The extent of that touching is what gives rise to what the compensation would be in court. That's how it works in court. Somebody has something happen to them that they don't like, that violates their rights, a jury or a judge will decide what that's worth level it out, to make it even. We don't do shotgun justice. We don't do an eye for an eye. If you do something to me that I don't like and you violated my rights, you pay. Somebody else figures out how much that is. For the most part, minimal assaults aren't something that would result in a significant amount of money. But for this type of action, that's something that would typically trigger a larger reaction by a jury. What makes this challenging? This isn't a guy who was sitting in a dental chair. This is an intimately and inherently personal activity. And Ross, you know, since you played in the NFL, this is something Chris Sims has explained on PFT Live that you do need, from time to time, your groin muscles massaged. You need your gluteus maximus muscles massaged, and that is an intimate act, and it involves a type of contact that not everyone wants to engage in. So that's where each individual case is going to require a very thorough explanation from the plaintiff as to what it was that Watson said, what he did, what they consented to doing, what they didn't consent to doing, and how it all happened after that. Because for some of these, you could look at it and say, even if he did what they say he's doing, I don't see that it's a big deal. Although technically, it's an assault. For others, you can tell by reading the complaint, yeah, if this is true, that's a serious problem.
0: There are people out there, Mike, that think that somehow the Texans are involved and that somehow they are benefiting from this. Is there any logical scenario there in your mind?
2: Well, they're definitely not benefiting from it because it's cratered to Sean Watson's trade value for the short term. And actually, the way that it could play out, if the NFL decides to put him on the paid leave list, commissioner's exempt list, as they call it, that's a tool that the NFL developed after the Ray Rice scandals and in connection with the Greg Hardy and Adrian Peterson incidents of 2014, you have to pay the guy and he can't be around the team. And his salary this year is more than $10 million. I don't think the Texans benefit from Deshaun Watson being on paid leave and paying him that $10 million. So this isn't something that they would have wanted to this extent. And I don't think they gain anything by instigating this as some sort of cockeyed revenge because he wants out and wants to be traded. I can't rule out, though, the possibility. I tried to lay this out in a post earlier today at PFT, given that Tony Busby is a prominent Houston attorney who's run for mayor, given that the Texans are a prominent local institution, I would expect that he would have called someone at the Texans as a courtesy, as a heads up, as a little bit of a fishing expedition. Hey, here's what I'm hearing about this guy. I have a client who claims it. it gets these massage therapists on Instagram and engaged in some stuff that made her uncomfortable. And you guys know anything about this? Well, I may be taking action about uh, about this and I just want to make sure you're aware of it so nothing surprises you. I, I, things like that happen. And there's a strategic reason for Busby potentially doing it That doesn't mean they're in cahoots. That doesn't mean there's a grand conspiracy against Deshaun Watson. And I'd be stunned, even as dysfunctional as the Texans have been over the past year, I'd be stunned if they in some way wanted this problem that they now have uh, staring them in the face. They've got to figure out what the hell are we going to do about it.
0: Mike, are there teams still interested in him? And are there teams that would still pull the trigger on a trade right now and maybe perhaps feel like they're They're buying low. They're getting value to get them now with everything going on.
2: I I can't imagine that teams haven't run through the various permutations and some teams may be doing their own investigation. But I had one general manager say to me last week, just after the first lawsuit, Ross, back when it wasn't really on everyone's radar screen, this GM said, you can't trade for him now. And I said, well, it's just one. It, It depends on what the Texans want. Maybe they want less now. I, You know, who knows? Well, once it got to six or seven for me, maybe even less than that. I mean, once it got to multiple, that's when I started saying, you're going to at least have to see how this plays out. And you're going to be damn sure that your own investigation is getting somewhat close to the truth. I think that, that any team out there that would make a play for him now, number one, would not give up very much. And number two, would have to have an owner who is willing to take on the the PR problems that necessarily could flow from this over the coming weeks, months, and years, and also be willing to pay this guy potentially to not play. Salary of ten million this year, salary of thirty five million next year, and you don't know how long the NFL may ultimately put him on ice on the commissioner exempt list.
0: So you say, let it sort out. I mean, Mike, don't things like this take years? I mean, twenty four civil lawsuits separate. I mean couldn't that take years and years? They're not going to have him on the NFI list or whatever. The commissioner's exempt list for three years, are they? Well,
2: that's what they have to figure out when they do their own investigation. What they did with Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown had multiple other incidents that he was investigated for. But last year, the NFL imposed discipline on him for other incidents. Remember, there was the the altercation with the driver of the moving truck, for example, he pleaded no contest to felony charges. He got suspended eight games for that. And I think also on top of that, the allegation that someone who who told SI.com that he had behaved improperly and then was retaliated against via text message, that was probably part of the eight game suspension too. But they didn't do anything with the civil lawsuit that was filed in September of 2019 by a woman in Florida alleging sexual assault and rape. That's still pending. And the NFL's attitude is, we'll just wait and see how that plays out. And you could do that if you're the NFL with Deshaun Watson, if it was just one. The problem is at 14 and potentially 24 and possibly more, the idea of saying, we're just not going to do anything and he's good to go. And we're just going to let these lawsuits continue to move forward and just, hey, Nothing we can do about it. We're not, that would be inconsistent with the sensitivity that we've seen from the NFL to PR issues in the past. You know, most employers, th- their attitude is as long as you can show up for work, you're working. Someone's suing you. That's, that has nothing to do with your job. You're, you're being prosecuted. That has nothing to do with your job. The NFL is one of the rare employers where it does have something to do with your job because it makes the NFL look bad. And the NFL doesn't want to have games broadcast where people have to talk about these unsavory things. So the NFL has a tough, tough call to make here about what they're gonna do while these cases move forward. And you could argue that from Deshaun Watson's perspective, the best result very well may be to settle all of the cases, pay whatever it has to, it it takes, whatever it takes at this point and, uh, and move on, and then and then the NFL can finish its investigation, meet out discipline if there's going to be discipline. But that's the only way to make this thing something that doesn't hover over him for multiple years. Find a way to settle it now. I don't get the impression that's something he's interested in doing.
0: So what's interesting to me about it, Mike, what you just said is, and that's where I was thinking, he'll end up settling it and he'll play this year, but – because the downside, at least in the near term, would be the commissioner's exempt list, then he gets paid, Mike, to not have to play for the team he doesn't want to play for anyway. So from a football standpoint, his downside would be he gets to stay home, no injury risk, no wear and tear, not playing for the organization he doesn't respect, but he still gets all his money while he fights this. That makes me wonder a little bit
2: well and the money finances the defense and potentially finances the settlement or the verdicts if you start having one verdict after another i, I think part of the problem was and tony busby alluded to this last friday at his press conference when the first case was presented to deshaun watson's legal team rusty harden wasn't involved at the time but whoever it was it was someone in california Uh, Tony Busby mentioned the name and I just can't remember it right now, but whoever it was, was dismissive and frankly pissed off Tony Busby. And the window was was shot at that point to try to get the thing settled without it becoming a big deal. And and I, I struggle with with these possible strategies because if he did it, he deserves everything that he gets. If for some reason he didn't do it or it was an innocent misunderstanding, which, again, is hard hard to believe at this point, hard to, hard to process at this point, the sooner he would have gotten these cases settled and as part of the settlement, gotten a commitment that these individuals aren't going to talk about this to anyone, that would have sealed off any potential discipline from the league because they don't have subpoena power. They can't make people talk. If you can convince someone who would accuse you of wrongdoing to leave you alone and to not go to the NFL and tell their story over and over and over again, like Ezekiel Elliott's former girlfriend did six interviews with the league office. If you can, if you can short circuit that process, then the league can't do anything to you. And again, I I hate the idea of giving that advice to somebody who did something he shouldn't have done. And I wouldn't represent someone if I had reason to believe that they had done this, but if there was an opportunity to settle early on, that's what should have happened. And you know, there's a chance I talked to an agent recently who said, I've settled three things like this for clients over the course of the last year. Not to the same extent, but somebody's complaining about something. They're making a stink. You cut a check and you move on. It's a cost of doing business. You're going to have people who make those claims. Now, again, that's for one here or there. At this, It, it feels like this thing was destined to become a big deal with this many people involved.
0: Check him out on social at Pro Football Talk. His website's phenomenal, profootballtalk.com. Nobody's on top of this stuff like Mike is. Mike, uh, I had to have you. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right. See you, Ross. Good talking to you, pal. There he is, Mike Florio from profootballtalk.com. I mean, he's on it. He is on it, and we are at the point where we need to find out what is really going on here with Deshaun Watson.
1: Ducks Takes. All right. So, speaking to Deshaun Watson, any other thoughts? Not really. I mean, Mike and I kind of just
0: summarized it there at the end about I thought maybe he'd settle, but I thought oh, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to settle because he can get paid anyway. I just, you know, how I feel, Brian. I talked about it before. I'll say it again. Something horrible happened here. Either there was an assault, or there are people that are falsely accusing him of an assault, or maybe both, and. Uh, it's it's very damaging to everyone
1: involved. Moving on, let's talk about the draft. Downtown Cleveland with fans, with prospects, with Roger Goodell and more.
0: Right. Sounds like it'll be a, a masked up event uh, in Cleveland where people, I don't know, they're going to try to get as many fans there as they're allowed to legally. And the fans, I think the fans will all be vaccinated fans. It's my understanding, Bry. I don't know if they'll make sure the players have been vaccinated or not. You know, the, the draft hopefuls that'll be there. Goodell will be there. So we'll have some return and sense of normalcy to the draft this year. I, you know, look, I, last year didn't bother me. So I, I, don't, I don't really care. I mean, it's cool when there's a big group of people. But I also would understand if they waited one more year for
1: that. Ducks takes. Let's get to some of the signings. The Titans signed wide receiver Josh Reynolds. Raiders signed center Andre James to a pretty nice deal. Colts signed former Chargers Sam Tevy. Packers re-signed Kevin King. And the Giants give a Dory Jackson. Big money deal. Three years, $39 million.
0: So the Titans obviously needed a receiver after losing a couple guys, including Corey Davis. They lost Jonu Smith. Reynolds had a decent year for the Rams last year. I kind of like that... uh, Bargain shopping by the Titans. Andre James, I don't know much about this guy other than the Raiders evidently love him, think he's going to be really good, and we're willing to pay him pretty well without much of a track record. Sam Tevy, I think, is probably best served in a swing tackle role, but the Colts, I believe, are getting him before the draft just so that they don't have to take an offensive tackle. Kevin King's not a bad corner. He just had a really, really bad NFC Championship game. And I don't understand the Giants giving Adoree Jackson that much money at all. Not, not at all. I mean, I think he's been hurt 18 in the last 32 games. Or maybe he's only played in 18 in the last 32 games. And he got cut by the Titans. Who didn't want to give him $10 million for one year. But the Giants give him $39 million for three years, including over $20 million, Fully guaranteed. It just goes to show, like I said on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL, that Dave Gittleman realizes the Giants need to, they need to win this year or he's in
1: trouble. Tuck takes. On the college prospect front, Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith says he weighs 170 pounds and he is not going to do anything at the pro day, while Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley underwent a second back surgery. So, a lot of
0: interesting things here. Alabama had their pro day. Devontae Smith didn't do anything. Said he weighed 170 pounds. I don't know if they actually weigh him, but that's what he said he weighed. And he didn't do anything. So, no combine, no senior bowl, and no pro day. I wonder if this is going to be sort of a precedent, Bri. If, you know, there are going to be more guys that just say, listen, I'll do the interview so you can get to know me a little bit. But everything you need to see about me is on the tape. It's on the field. Because he's literally doing nothing else in the pre-draft process. No workouts, nothing physical in the pre-draft process. I also thought it was funny that Mac Jones, agent, came out and said, he's going to come out and he he just loves to compete. He's going to throw. He doesn't have to. He's going to throw because he loves to compete. Which is basically the same as saying Devontae Smith doesn't love to compete. And then Najee Harris getting all kinds of praise because his flight got canceled. So he drove from Dallas to Birmingham. You know how bad it would look for him if it wasn't at the pro day? Even if he was not going to do anything? Still a bad look if he's not there. So let's not act like he's doing this all just to support his teammates. I'm sure that's part of it. I think you realize it's not a good look. You can say that the the flight got canceled because of lightning or whatever. People are going to still wonder why you weren't there. As for Caleb Farley, this is bad news, Brian. I mean, according to our guy, Dane Brugler, this is a second back surgery that is a problem. That is very much a problem. This one's a micro discectomy. He didn't even play this past season. And he had to have a back surgery without even playing? I would tread very carefully when it comes to him. Plus, there's other corners out there now. Steven Nelson just got released by the Steelers after he wanted to. Kareem Jackson did go back, however, to the Broncos. It sounds like Marcus Mariota is going to be staying in Las Vegas with the Raiders, took a pay cut down to $3.5 Look, this is how some teams do it, right? They got to the point where Mariota realized there wasn't really more out there for him. There wasn't more money out there for him. There wasn't a better role out there for him. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of surprised he didn't try to go somewhere like Philadelphia where if Jalen Hurts falters, maybe Mariota could have gotten some playing time there. He'd rather stay in Vegas. I think that that's kind of interesting to me. Speaking of interesting, we still got it. 100 to 1 odds over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Just use the code ROSS on any of these final four college troops games. 100 to 1 odds. Glorious. We got the Sweet 16 coming up this week. It'll be the same next week with the final four. But on any team, 100 to 1 odds. Amazing. I love it. Use the code Ross. Shoutouts are in order. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X. We will have the Fantasy Feast podcast today with Joe Dolan going over all these other skill guys that have signed places from a fantasy perspective. Greg Cosell, the GOAT, is back on Thursday. I think we're done here. with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.